assembled, the FDA would decide which ones are good and which ones are not approved. In Hong Kong, we do not have such regulations. You're listening to the news on RTHK. Good morning and welcome to Back Chat. I'm Janice Wong. And I'm James Ockenden. On today's program, we will look at the future of the Fanling Golf Course after Northern District Councillors passed an unanimous motion rejecting a government proposal to develop 32 hectares of the course for housing. Councillors at the meeting on Tuesday criticised officials for suggesting homes be constructed on land with high ecological value. They also said building housing there would only cause serious congestion. Let us know what you think. You can leave your comments on our Facebook page, Backchat at RTHK Radio 3. You can email us backchat at rthk.hk or you can call us. Our number is 233-88266. Joining us for our discussion today is Brian Wong, a member of the Liber Research Community and Executive Council member Regina Ip, who will be joining us a bit later. Good morning, Mr. Wong. Hi. Thanks for joining Hi. us on the program. Um, Thanks for having me. So um, what do you make of this uh, latest development? Well, uh, I think the latest development is, uh, latest discussion on the golf course issue is quite unhealthy because uh, I think uh, maybe some people are setting up uh, against a, a people, a general public of Hong Kong against people who pay, play golf uh, because we're right now saying that oh, we must um, uh, uh, put aside a, a, a small section of the golf course in, uh, for building public housing. And then people may immediately sell again, okay, public housing versus golf course, okay? So there will be never-ending arguments because uh, some people uh, will, will agree that, okay, uh, we need public housing. Of course we need public housing. And a, a, a small section of the community may say, oh, we also need the golf course as an international city. So people are always arguing, but where they, all of us have, might, might have missed the point that um, the, the, the controversy right now, um, the, the origin of the controversy, goes back to the issue of land distribution, whether or not the land resources in Hong Kong are being distributed equally among the general public. So the problem is that um, we, um, we should not set against the general public of Hong Kong and the golfers. We also, we, we, we need, what we need right now is the discussion of whether or not we should open up the, the 172 hectares of land for the use of Hong Kong people. Not against, not, not, not public housing against golf. Um, so, uh, I, I might as well suggest a proposal that we, may not need to build on all of the golf course. We can open up a section of the golf course to the general public for uh, whatever you, you, you might think. That is the proposal, right? Brian, isn't that the proposal? They're just going to build housing on nine hectares with these uh, 12,000 housing units and the rest of it will be, uh, you know, park and recreation area. That That is the proposal that I've seen. No. And that is the proposal on the old course, but we still have 114 hectares of the new course that is left intact, and it will be, it will remain as a golf course in the coming future. We, we, there's no other proposal the government is putting forward that will 
convert the users of the new course. Can I just clarify and something right now, just before we continue? Um, James just mentioned nine hectares. I mean, from what, what I've been reading, it's actually 32 hectares will be used for housing, but nine of the 32 hectares will be, um, pro I mean, it's proposed to be used for public housing. Is that correct? Uh, it's, um, it's, uh, the nine hectares within the 32 hectares of the old course will be used for housing, yeah. while the, the rest uh, will be studied for uh, converting to a conservation park, which the government has not put forward any timetable to implement it yet. All right. Yeah. Uh, please, please continue. You were making a point earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, yeah, yeah. What I was talk talking about is that uh, the um, I as well suggest that uh, the, the the government could um, could uh, open up the rest of the um, golf course. And turn it into a public, either a public golf course or even a botanical garden, because some people have suggested. Okay, uh, I found that there are a lot of uh, ecologically important species there, like precious rare trees or some uh, endangered species. So uh, they, uh, this, this has been used as a as an argument against building on the golf course. So I might as well um, suggest that okay. We don't build on those ecologically important areas, so-called ecologically important. Uh, what about we use them to uh, we, we convert it into a botanical garden for everybody to enjoy? Because uh, back to the original question is that uh, it is a problem of an equal distribution of uh, land resources. Whether or not we are giving a new preference to a single sports activity, well, we have a lot of other land problems and land shortage in Hong Kong. We don't have enough public housing. We don't have enough open space. Every, in every, uh, during every public holiday, the country parks are very crowded. We simply do not have enough space to, to relax. Yeah. So what, what about we, we, we think we can have a, better alternative or healthy alternative yeah. to, the, to the future of a golf course. Well, your idea, open up to our, yeah, yeah. Yeah, your, your well, idea for a public golf course, for example, is very interesting because, you know, it's nothing against golf, but it's a very exclusive, Hong Kong Golf Club is very exclusive. There's, you know, dress code and, and lots of rules. So perhaps a pub, public golf course could be something very interesting for, for people who've never played. Do you think that could be uh, an alternative? Yes. Uh, right, right now, people are, uh, I mean, the general public are not, uh, having a good impression on the founding golf course is that is because it's exclusive. Mm. First of all, it's exclusive to members. Some might argue that they have already been opening up to to some of the some of the non-members, but still, the fee, the green fee, is still prohibitive. Uh, actually, I went there once, uh, not to take golf, but to visit, just to visit because my, a friend of mine uh, happens to be a member. I went there and see. Uh, uh, all of them are, are actually privileged people. Yeah. They are the elite, they are the business people, it's the batteries, uh, or, or the chairman, might be the chairman of listed company. They're not ordinary people. Yeah. So ordinary people might think that, okay, why are we paying a lot of tax money, taxpayers' money to subsidize the running of this elite clubhouse? So from a perspective of um, land resource distribution, from a perspective of tax, Pays money is not sensible. It's 2022. It's not yeah. colonial days. Yeah, that's so, right. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Now, um, Leiber did some excellent research back in 2018 in response to the task force on land supply, and you found, I can't remember exactly, 700 or so hectares of brownfield sites that are just neglected and scattered across the, the, the city, which could be used for housing. Uh, and I think that's one of your big arguments, is that we should be using brownfield, not, uh, not country parks or, or green areas. Is, do you, I mean, four years later, is that what's happened on that sort of view? Yeah, actually, the, the figure is not 700 hectares anymore because it has expanded over a year. Right. It has been the, the latest uh, figure is around 2,000. Wow. Uh, yeah, the, the official figure was uh, 1,400, but uh, we found that that is not complete. So uh, we have the latest figure around 1,900 or 20, close to 2,000 hectares. It's all for new territory. And brownfields are those uh, degraded, destroyed uh, a form of farmland that has been turned into uh, unsighted workshops, yeah. rural workshops, and container uh, container uh, storage, and also maybe carpool. All these are mess. All are messy uh, stuff. And there's a lot of this which is, un, it seems like it's unsupervised, unregulated, if you drive even around the golf course area, which I've, I've had a mooch around there, and it's really quite disgraceful. I mean, nobody's told the villagers there that this is an environmentally important area. It's just a, it's just a dump, a lot of it. There's, you know, broken engines and oil and containers everywhere on any spare plot of land. I mean, how have we let this happen, that we're then converting country park or green area into housing and letting villagers store containers full of uh, broken engines on, on government land? Yeah, uh, the problem is twofold. One is that uh, in certain areas of the new territory, there is no proper town planning. Uh, because right now the town planning ordinance, uh, although although it it, it, um, it gives power to the planning department to, to uh, prosecute uh, unauthorized development, in certain parts of the new territory, especially those areas on the fringe of the new towns. Um, the tap planning department has no power at all. They do not have enforcement power. Because of the, because of the design of the law, they don't have enforcement power. So even if they see uh, there are unauthorized developments, they cannot take action. Uh, second, even if they have enforcement powers, what we have noticed in the past is that the planning department has been very lenient to the villages. Mm. Perhaps, perhaps, might be perhaps of the uh, local politics, the rural politics. Um, in, in general, the, 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 in, the past, in the past decade, uh, the, the, the police, even the police might have a concern entering the village to prosecute someone. Right. <laughs> so it is uh, a result of, kind of, uh, kind of a result of politics. Yeah. So, yeah, so it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate, really. And looking at the process as well, the EIA, the Environmental Impact Assessment, I mean, the Hong Kong Golf Club has criticised it. I wanted to tell them this is every EIA is the same. It's cut and paste. It doesn't really look at the issues. It just, it just makes broad statements such as this will not affect the environment. And there's no real power to the EIA. What, what's your view of the whole process? Do you agree with that? Uh, partially agree. Uh, in, indeed, uh, there are there are a lot of problems with the EIA system right now. Uh, for example, the um, I mean the the the, the 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 object of EIA is environmental impact assessment. It, they they have uh, um, they should 
go and see whether or not this project will do an uh, irreversible damage to, to, to a particular site so that you have a choice of going for the project or against the project. But usually in Hong Kong, there's no against option. Yeah. Right. The, the, the problem must go on. But uh, if we back to if we go back to to the to the golf uh, golf course development, uh, I think the EIA also misses the point that the the the, the, the golfers have not uh, uh, mentioned is that um, there are, although there are a lot of rare trees uh, within the golf site a uh, golf golf course, but same types of go- uh, the uh, same types of rare trees, that is incense trees, they are found across a lot of uh, different uh, work sites in Hong Kong. But uh, at that time, the, when the government found those same type of trees in those work sites, the, tr- the government's choice was to relocate them, yeah. to relocate the rare trees. But this, the same stuff is not mentioned in the, uh, in the, in the current EIA report. So is it it's a double standard. I think the government has made a double standard. They have already preferred to okay to to maybe inflate. Maybe maybe they have inflated the uh, ecological importance of those incense trees within the golf course well, because right. they All are right. in the golf course. Yeah. All right, uh, Mr. Wong. Um, let's let's go to Executive Council Member Regina Ip to see what she thinks. Um, good morning, Mrs. Ip. Good morning. Thanks for joining us on the program. Um, we've been uh, speaking to Brian Wong from the Liberal Research Community about uh, Northern District Councillors uh, rejecting the government's uh, proposal to use uh, 32 hectares of the uh, Fanling Golf Course for housing. What do you make of this latest development? Uh, how important is it? First, I must declare uh, my um, interest. I'm a member of the Hong Kong Golf Club, but I am a retired golfer. You know, I don't play golf and I don't hold any debentures. So I have no direct interest. Um, to set the facts uh, straight, the government is not trying to reclaim 32 hectares. The government's own environmental import, impact report shows that um, the whole golf, whole site is of high ecological and heritage value, and only one sub sub area, sub area one uh, of nine hectares, can be used for public housing. But in spite of that, the government is planning to cram 30,000 people onto this tiny nine hectares. It will cause tremendous traffic problems to the northern district because the area in question is located right next to the northern hospital, which is undergoing expansion. And there are lots of housing estates, public housing estates, and schools in the vicinity. So it's really... And not a good idea to uh, uh, to insist on developing, destroying the integrity of the golf courses at Fanling to develop just nine hectares and cram thirty thousand people onto it. Yeah, Mrs. Ip. I mean, I've walked down Fan Cam Road uh, recently. There was a fatal cycle crash down there, and it, it's extremely narrow. There's not even a pavement there. It's just a road verge full of debris from crashes. The vehicles drive very fast. There's no way the capacity of that road will support 33,000 people, even if they're taking, you know, an electric bus or something. So do, do you think there will need to be a new roads built there if we do this? Well, you can't um, widen the road without cutting into the golf courses. You know? And the, um, the, other than the nine hectares, the rest of the three courses at Fenling 
have been assessed as of high ecological and heritage impact. In fact, the whole, all three golf courses should be declared heritage sites. You know, as a modern cosmopolitan city, we should not destroy our world-class golf course. Yeah, well, you know, we will lose out even more to Shenzhen. You know, we are degrading ourselves if we did that. Yeah, they're talking about the old course, isn't it? That nine hectares is the old course where the, the women's open is, is held. So, I mean, you've, you've said on Twitter, you know, why should a government purportedly dedicated to sports promotion damage Hong Kong's world-class fanling golf course? It, it, what, what, what's the link with sports promotion here? Do we need to, what, what if we had a public golf course? Would that still do the job? Well, a public, we already have a, a sort of public golf course at Gao Zhou, but it has no heritage uh, value. It is different from the Fanling Golf Courses, uh, which are more than 100 years old. It was built in the golden era of golf course construction. I think it's uh, ranked 57 or something in the world's uh, um, index of um, valuable golf courses. It's different, you know, and it provides, it, it, it improves the air quality of the entire Northern District residents. Lots of valuable trees. And the golf course is actually open to the public on weekdays. Weekdays can book and pay and play, you well, know. How much does it cost? It's, it's not an average. Oh, not, not, uh, not much more than go playing in Shabjan. Right. You, you have to pay at Gao Zhou. You have to travel to Gao Zhou anyway. All right, Mrs. Ed, before we continue this, this discussion, uh, I'll just read out a, a part of a statement by the Hong Kong Golf Club. Uh, it says it shares the same concerns expressed by the uh, North District Council on issues of traffic, flooding, heritage and ecology. Um, it then goes on to say that the course is an internationally acclaimed golf venue and uh, added that during the COVID pandemic, more people have been picking up golf. Um, the statement also points to the significant ecological value of the golf course and uh, Finally, it says uh, that uh, through various golfing and non-golfing activities, including eco-tours, uh, the Hong Kong Golf Club welcomes members of the public to visit the golf course and uh, enjoy and appreciate this a very unique part of Hong Kong. I guess you agree with uh, what, they, what they're yes. saying. And we, we, the golf club has been training young local golfers anyway. Tiffany Chen has been playing well in international tournaments, you know. I think the golf club should continue to open up more to schools, sports associations, and continue to train our young sportsmen and sportswomen. What do you think about Brian's comments and LIBO research on the, on the brownfield development? Do you think they're on the, on the right track with that idea? I didn't quite get his comments. You know, the, the golf club uh, will be uh, tabling to the uh, submitting to the, to the government its own environmental assessment. I I I must say I didn't quite get what uh, Brian said. Well, I think in well, Brian, would you like to just uh, jump in there? Yeah. Uh, what what I, um, what we are talking about is that the brownfield should be used uh, for public housing, of course. But the problem is that uh, whether or not we should uh, uh, we should also open up the a golf course for public use is another matter because right now what we are saying uh, is that the, the golf course are ex exclusive to members mainly and that is not a fair use of uh, land resources in 2022 we're not in the colonial era so uh, that, uh, what, what, what Brian said is factually incorrect you know members of public can play during weekday if they pay the weekdays, green fees of yeah. course weekdays 
How many of, of those course. working well, clubs can club members, to? Your club members have rights too. They're property rights, you know. Yeah, membership the, rights is a kind of a form of property rights, well protected under the basic law. You need to respect other people's property rights. Right, yes, well, the land I'm lease has expired already, right? So uh, it's been extended to 2023. After that, the, they, they don't have rights. So, you know, surely we well, should... Well, the, the lease is uh, being subject to negotiation with government. Right. The government will, will ought to take into account the golf club's investments. You know, the golf club has spent a lot, all of us as members have chipped in, spent a lot to maintaining, building, maintaining this beautiful golf courses. Yeah. Right. I, have a, I have an email here. It's um, from Philip. It's uh, directed at uh, Brian Wong. Um, he says, um, uh, Mr. Wong is uh, totally out of touch. His arguments are weak. He is uh, totally wrong in his assumption that uh, it is only the elite and privileged that play golf. A world city needs a world-class golf club, and uh, this is what the golf club is. The club has invested billions of dollars in making a great golf course with uh, no financial help from the government, which hosts many tournaments, and uh, that uh, email is from Phil. Uh, Mr. Wong, do you have a response or a reaction to that? Yeah, first of all, I respect the golfers. But I also need to point out that the actual situation in the golf club, I have been to Fanning Golf Course. I visited there once. Uh, I, although I'm, I'm not playing golf, but what I've noticed that the, the Fanning Golf Course there has been a clubhouse for elite, mainly. Although you can say that uh, they have been opening up to regular people, but they're restricted. They're still restricted week, during weekdays. Who will go to? Who do, do, do you think the working class people can afford uh, over a thousand dollars green fee to play a golf, uh, play golf in the, uh, during weekdays? That is totally out of touch. To me, it's totally out of touch. And also, um, although you can say that the the golf course is re, uh, is having a very uh, renowned status among the yeah, international golf community. But back to the situation on ground in Hong Kong, we are the taxpayers are paying a lot of subsidies to the running of golf course. So I think if the golf course want to remain exclusive, I do not object to that. If uh, if we do not concern distribution of land resources, but I think the golf course needs to pay full premium mm. to the government. It's fairer to the taxpayers yeah. because it's, it's, it's 2022. We, we don't we, we we have a lot to attend to. We we the taxpayers' money are very important because Hong Kong government may have financial problem later. All right, uh, Mrs. Zip, I'm, I'm about to, yeah. I would like to ask yeah. you for a response. Let but me. before, before, before um, oh, I ask no, you for you to respond, uh, because I, I know uh, Mr. Wong needs to go. Um, uh, I'll just let Mr. Wong go first, and then you can respond. Um, thanks again for joining us this morning, uh, Brian Thank Wong. You. That's uh, from Libra Research Community. Now, Mrs. Zip, you can respond now. The premium for the land lease, the government already updated its policy, you know, and it applies to all sports, recreational clubs uh, in Hong Kong, you know, uh, they will, under the new policy, they will have to pay one-third market premium for all the facilities. And all the clubs are raising funds from among its members to pay the government, and they are all opening up. The policy is well settled, accepted by the Legislative Council. Yeah. 
I see the the issue here. I think maybe it's not about golf. As Brian said, it's not really about golf versus the community. It's really town planning, the the EIA process. Um, we've got the Northern District Council rejected the plan yesterday. What does that actually mean? Do they have any power to say what goes on in their district? Well, under the well, they only have an advisory role, mm. but uh, the government claims to respect public opinion, particularly local opinion when you have a project impinging on the air quality environment of local residents. So I think the government should respect that. You know, with the Northern Metropolis plan coming up and lots of land will be developed, um, um, although it's not as easy as Brian suggested to develop brownfield lands, I think the government should avoid, you know, undermining the integrity of the fending golf courses by forcibly taking away nine hectares and cramming 30,000 people onto the, the, the vicinity. Yeah, yeah. What about LegCo? Do you think LegCo could have any say in this or any power? Uh, I think the procedures after the EIA, the Environmental Impact Assessment, has been reviewed, you know, and commented on by all the stakeholders. Uh, the project proposal, the government's proposal, will go to the town planning board. The consultation process uh, will take a while unless the government tries to steamroll it. Right. Do you think that's going to happen? Well, we don't know. We're going to have a new administration. Yeah, I hope sure. the new chief will take into account local opinion. And Mrs. Ip, uh, you've been in so many different roles over over the many, many years. Um, what do you think has been missing in the government's efforts to, to tackle the housing problem? Um, the housing, the land production uh, takes time. And we have a substantial, tremendous land shortage because, really because, you know, during one period for about eight years, the government did nothing to produce land. That's why we have a big shortfall. And both the Learn administration and Carrie Lamb's administration, uh, to be fair, have tried hard to uh, to jump up land supply, but it takes time. But we have these mega projects coming, and I think the government needs to further streamline planning, uh, land resumption uh, procedures, etc., to accelerate land production and the building of public housing estates. What about, I mean, Lantau, tomorrow you voted against that. Are you still against that project? It seems I, to be... I did not vote against it. I simply did not vote. Right, you know, right. I abstained, that's all. Yeah, but you do, do you think that's a good thing? It seems to be going ahead that they are certainly steamrolling that one because there's a lot of objection. Well, but... uh, true, I think Mrs. Lam trying to steamroll it, you know. I mean, you see, uh, my constituency is Hong Kong West, which includes Lantau and the, the outlying islands. And I know my constituents are opposed to it, you know. The government claims it could reclaim very quickly. Reclaimed land would be available uh, in six years' time, something like that. But you still need to build the infrastructure network. Building the infrastructure network will take much longer time, and there have been delays with every traffic infrastructure, you know. So um, I think the government ought to give priority to... Um, to northern metropolis and strengthen our connections with um, the Greater Bay Area as well as develop more land uh, in the northern uh, district, northern metropolis, within the limits of um, 
uh, ecological acceptability. All right, uh, Mrs. Ip, we'll have to leave it here for now. Thanks again for joining us this morning. That's uh, Regina Ip, an executive council member. Also, many thanks to you for your emails and messages. And of course, to you, James, for being such a great co host. And Dennis. my producer, Yuki. Now, the weather it will be cloudy with occasional showers and a few thunderstorms. Highs expected today of around 29 degrees. Winds moderate to fresh south to southwesterlies. Right.